Hey, hello everybody. This is the Embodied Business Inspired Brain Podcast. I already feel inspired, <laughs> Joanna, just by the few minutes that we've been chatting. Uh, this is episode 25, and I'm so glad to have Joanna Sapir with me on the podcast. Unfortunately, we're missing Anne today. She is away at family camp, which I think is such a cool kind of retro thing. I don't really know much about family camp, but she's there without Wi-Fi or connection to the modern world. So good for her. And welcome, Joanna. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And so we are today going to be exploring the intersection of embodiment and transformation and business strategy. And I'm so curious, fascinated. We were talking about just before we went live, how this conversation is going to go, what kind of meandering path we're going to be on. The way we start the podcast always, as you know, is with what's in process, what's in progress. And so we do this little ritual check-in and I will share first and then Joanna will invite you to share a little you can speak from a personal or, or a professional perspective or both or whatever you would like. For myself, I think what's in, I just finished a really fantastic um, mentoring call with our long-term mastermind group of teachers. And we were talking a lot about the fallacy of balance and how balance is, you know, not really a thing it's not a static thing. It's a, it's a flowing thing. It's a, a, an ability to move in and out or with the ups and downs of life, I think with equanimity and, and grace and without a sense of like anxiety. And just shortly after we finished this podcast, I am jettisoning myself and my two children on a six day road trip up the Oregon coast. And so I'm really excited about that because that's the way I bring you know, quote unquote, balance to my life is working really hard and then going away and traveling and adventuring. And I'm just feeling really excited and, and leaning into this idea of, you know, I often, I have spent probably the last 10 solid years creating a business that can be uh, done from anywhere. And it's an interesting prospect to travel and I feel like I kind of live a life of semi-retirement. It's not really vacationing, but how do you be on the road and be in adventure and also maintain your work? So I'm just really kind of percolating on at this stage of my life, how do I bring more flow to that um, interweaving of the two? So that's what's on my mind and what's going on for me. How for you, Joanna? Well, speaking of stages of life, I... Um, I myself can really feel, I know, and I can really feel that I'm on, I am like about to go into the tunnel, <laughs> into a tunnel. I'm about to go through a major transformation and it's like, so I'm about to be an empty nester for the first time. I've been a single parent for seven, 16, 17 years and my second son is about to move out and it's like i'm counting down the days and can't wait and i also know that it's i i know after my first son moved out i was blindsided by grief i completely didn't expect it mm -hmm. and grief is what i name it but i mean i it was that's just putting like a a, a term on it you know i mean but the feelings were <laughs> 
intense and just, you know, incredible and unexpected. And so I'm, I'm ready this time. <laughs> and this is not only one kid, but it's the final, you know, it's the final bit. And, uh, and I think yeah. I just know that it's going to be a huge, huge, huge transformation in my life. So I really feel like mm-hmm. I'm, I really feel like I'm like standing on the edge. I say tunnel. It's like all these different metaphors coming to me. I know there's going to be like, a, you know what I mean? <laughs> going through the tunnel and coming out the other side, there's some kind of threshold I'm going to cross. And I also, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm incredibly excited. And also it's got a lot of intensity and a lot of, I'm not going to say fear, but I think grief again is the word I can come up with for it. You know, there's, there's a lot there. <laughs> And uh, what I'm excited about, I think most of all, is I really think that it's going to be an incredible opportunity for me to to do things in my life and to go in all kinds of directions in my life that I maybe had never even, that I haven't been able to even think of for so many years as a, you know, full-time parent. So that's that's big for me. It's on my mind all the time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So many. My son is seventeen, about to be eighteen. He's one more year of high school, but I have a nine-year-old daughter. So, and I, I get it. And I'm surrounded by people who are in your position. Um, one of my dearest, best friends in the world. Her daughter is my son's age. They grew up together from like their time in the room, and she just happens to be a year ahead in school. And watching my friend really navigate that has been intense. It's been intense for her. It's been kind of shocking for me because I'm a little ways away from that, obviously with my nine-year-old, but um, I can, I can relate and I have been observing that a lot lately. So good luck. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that you just immediately entered into um, talking about transformation. This is, I think, an area where our um, our purposes and our vision for the work that we do um, aligns really well. And I'm so curious to be talking about that, what that means for you. From our perspective, you know, we, Anne and I, primarily the root of our business right now is educational design and um, helping people create transformational education and that's not just like building an online course. It's like, how do you build an infrastructure that has its roots in transformation and embodiment? And so let's just start from scratch here. So Joanna, you are a business strategist for practitioners. And we just discovered, which is so freaking cool, that Joanna is in Sonoma County. I spent 20 plus years in Sonoma County. Anne is in Sonoma County. In fact, Joanna and Anne live in the same city. We had no idea. We were completely oblivious to all of this. <laughs> um, so some really cool synchronicity. So tell me a little bit about, about the work you do. Yeah. Well, I think we are so aligned. What I help at the heart, I mean, I really help wellness practitioners build more profitable and sustainable businesses. At the heart of it, is learning how to serve their clients as powerfully as possible. And that is in program design. And mm-hmm. so, uh, so like I said, we're very aligned here. So the, um, I'd say 99.9% of the practitioners come to me, um, you know, selling sessions or packs of sessions. Mm-hmm. And 
we uh, remodel their businesses to um, understand who they're really meant to be serving, who are the clients they love working with and that see the best results from their services, and to design transformational journeys for those people and then learn how to enroll people in that, market that, and build their whole business around serving those people. And of course, how to price properly and how to schedule themselves properly so they're not overworking and um, and getting to the burnout, which so many uh, practitioners do once they get, you know, rolling and get successful. And so that's what I help them do every piece of that process, every step of the way. And then beyond that, even people who stay with me long term start scaling so that they end up having a business that can actually run without them, which is really hard for a solo practitioner to even imagine like, wait, what? <laughs> How, how does that work? Mm-hmm. And like you, I am not talking about online courses. I'm still talking about direct services with your clients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So t- talk more about what it means to you to create transformation. What's that about in your business? In my business, or we're talking about in what I teach I'd be so curious to hear from both perspectives. What, what When you work with somebody, what's the transformation you are hoping to achieve? Yeah, with them, for them. Um, mm-hmm. for them. I think I have always, so this is really my third, I usually say phase of life, phase of career. <laughs> I, I, mm-hmm. I, my calling when I was young, 20 years old, was to teach was to teaching. And um, specifically, I wanted to teach high school history. And that's what I did. I I wanted to teach at the (laughs) high school I went to. And that's what I did. And through some major actually trauma in my life, I ended up leaving teaching, not because I wanted to leave teaching, but uh, because I was trying to shift my life in certain ways. And I found fitness. I'm getting off track here which is to say that through all these phases in my careers, uh, the thread has always been that I'm aware that my purpose here is to help people become agents of change in their lives and in the world. And, you know, it starts with them and it starts with them understanding their own power and then, and then embodying that to the extent that they can start helping others do the same. And I'd say that that's ultimately what I hope that all of my clients are experiencing is a sense of real agency in their businesses is where we're focusing on, right? But that that's going to have mm-hmm. a ripple effect in the whole rest of their lives. And when they're doing that in their businesses, what I'm guiding them through is how to be the guides for their clients and provide true transformation for their own clients, which from a just business structure standpoint, I truly don't believe that a session here or there does that. And so, mm-hmm. so that's just a huge piece of what people come to me for. I mean, they, they, nobody is going to work with me unless they, they are inspired by that idea is, is taking their clients on some kind of designed journey that is going to provide the transformation for them, you know? And so of course my clients in their work with me, there's a lot of fear that comes up around that. Right. So that, that's their journey, yeah. it's their journey with me. So we're being meta here with a couple of different layers. Yeah, I love the um, the idea of taking people on a transformational journey. I think that's really powerful. So, can you can you unpack that a little bit? Like, what does that typically look like 
What's a, a transformational journey? Despite I realize like your clients are coming to you with a lot of different levels of uh, experience and, and working in different fields. I imagine they're practitioners. You very specifically call them out as practitioners. That's only going to call to a certain group of people. Um, but but what are the component pieces of taking somebody on a transformational journey? Yeah, it definitely, I don't have templates for people and that's intentional. I don't say to people, here are some, you know, here's the way to do this or here's how long it should be or here's how many times you see them or any of that. What I do is I lead them through a, a process and a series of exercises that helps them see what they believe would be the best way to guide their ideal client. So it really does start with their ideal clients, right? We're not talking about anyone and everyone. We're talking about who is this that you are here to serve and what is what is it that they need? And so that's a key piece of it is, you know, a lot of people get wrapped up in marketing stuff. Like they'll end up taking little marketing classes or a lot of people kind of end up down the rabbit hole of there's a lot of, a lot of gurus out there, big names teaching like all kinds of digital marketing stuff. And that marketing perspective, I think like you, I mean, I've been in marketing, I've been doing marketing, studying marketing for, you know, close to 20 years. I know marketing, but the thing is, is that marketers, like who are, that's their only discipline. They think in terms of what, what sells, right? And so mm-hmm. I really try to flip that for my clients. If they come going like, what do people want to buy? It's, I say, we're not talking about what people want and what sounds good here. We start our program design process with what does your person, when they first come to you, really need? And so we break that down in all kinds of different ways and then start building what the process would be. So like you said, um, people work with me in a vari- from a variety of modalities. I have acupuncturists. I have Pilates teachers. I'm just looking at my list. I have health coaches. I have traditional <laughs> psychotherapists. I have um, coaches. I have uh, movement specialists. I have trauma practitioners. Really kind of a wide variety. And then I have people who even... You know, I have an art art journal therapist and a whole whole bunch of folks. And so it looks all different ways. I can give a couple examples. So of some clients who are like publicly featured on my website and so on. So I can say their names and so on. But so body worker who really brings together a whole variety of modalities, but people come to him in pain. Like they're coming for some, there's been some kind of injury it may have been an acute injury, acute pain, or it may be something chronic where they've gone down a bunch of different paths trying to deal with this issue. So they come to him specifically in pain. So his what he designed and now uses is a process where there's an assessment that begins everything. And then he's laying out for them what the initial treatment plan is. In his case, there happens to be three different lengths, but this is not something that the client is choosing, he is actually determining through the assessment, I think this is going to take 12 weeks, right? So he's got kind of but mm-hmm. set pathways for each of those that he knows how to assess for. So initially, it's this, what he's doing in that initial phase is trying to get to the root cause, doing what he, you know, some certain level of work that he can to address that. He does a combination of, again, manual therapies and some nervous system work, And is getting them to a certain point where they're out of pain, that root cause is addressed. He's given them like particular exercises, just like a physical therapist might to prevent it. 
And then there is a continuing piece after that. And that part is by choice. It's like, okay, you ready to like maintain this and address anything else that comes up and keep learning these skills to keep your body healthy and stay, stay out of this state. And so that they, they can continue with him. And I believe that the continuing containers are like six to 12 months long, whereas the first part is only like nine weeks or 12 weeks. So that's a physical, that's like a, you know, a, a manual therapist who's dealing with pain. Different end of the spectrum. I have a trauma practitioner who meets with people online and has a six month program and it's got an, it's got a name. <laughs> <laughs> and she enrolls small group. It's a group program. She enrolls small groups. It's maximum, I believe, six people, might be eight. And she enrolls multiple groups a year, and it's six weeks, six months long. And it's really got actually, she does a lot of education in there. So it's got teaching, it's got a lot of exercise they're doing, a whole bunch of support. It's got one on one sessions as well. And after the six months, then they have like, she has like a membership for for graduates of that program where they get ongoing support if they want to. So those are some examples. I mean, it's really like so many different examples because it's not templated. It's all based on what, mm-hmm. what they're designing. And I start them on that process. And then I think it's really important for anybody listening to this who's thinking in this way and wanting to do this to know that this is the kind of thing you don't you don't try and design this perfect thing with bells and whistles and then, you know, mm. and then like, and wait and then go, okay, now it's open. It's like, you just take your next client and you, you think about this and then you start taking clients through it and you start adjusting and tweaking as needed mm. to just to make it better and better and better. At some point you will get to a point where you're like, here it is. This is it. This is pretty much the standard. There might be some evolution continuing, but, um, just want to know you, you may not get it perfect from the beginning. You just adjust you know? Yeah. Sounds like a really organic process. Yeah. I mean, it's based on, you know, I work with people who are experienced, so they're not making this up again. It's not based on like, what do people want? This is like you as a practitioner really going, I mean, a simple way to think about it would be look at, look back at one of your favorite clients you ever had, you know, maybe they're still with you. Usually people's favorite clients have been with them for years and years and years. Right. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it can be hard to think back to when that person first came, but try and think back to when that person sure. first came. And it can be as simple as going like, okay, if I could have given them exactly what they needed from the beginning, what would it look like? You know, and there may be phases to that journey. So if people truly have been with you for years, maybe your client cycle really goes on for years and years and years. But maybe it doesn't. Some people are like, nope, I'm done after that, you know, pass them on to somebody else mm-hmm. or whatever. So all of those things you take into consideration, but, but that's a way to look at it is great client I've had. What would I, what would I have given them if I could design like a dream service for them from the very beginning? You know, what would that look like? Do you talk about the relationship of what the practitioner desires, like how they want to be transformed or fulfilled in the delivery as much as what does the client need? Oh, that's an interesting question that I've never been asked. I can't say that I do think about that. It's definitely, it's not something I ask them. What I know is that there is something that I don't talk about much in my own marketing 
because it's almost indescribable. Nobody knows that it's even possible. They don't, they just don't realize it. So it, it, but it comes out the other side, which is that when practitioners implement this and start working with clients in this way, their level of fulfillment in their work and in their purpose and in their business, it just skyrockets. Because another piece of this is not just, it's not just now I'm taking people on journeys. You're, we also build the whole system to, to enroll people in that and fuel people in that. And part of that involves actually learning how to turn people away who are not a good fit for you. Yes. And that's a big milestone moment for most practitioners. Most, most people are, are really, really not accustomed to that. And it, it's, you know, for, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> and yes. so, but it's, that's a really key piece of, of, of working with people that you absolutely love and feel that level of fulfillment with is knowing who the right people for you are is making systems that bring them in and that kindly refer others elsewhere. So that yeah. combined with working with people in this really committed way, because the thing is you're enrolling clients in the whole, in the whole journey, right? There's no more session by session. There's no more, are they going to come back? There's no more rebooking conversations. There's no more cancellations and no shows that just none of that happens because they're enrolling from the beginning in the whole process. And so all of those pieces put together for a practitioner, this is the part where I'm saying like, I can't describe it for them and it's beyond their imagination. But once they experience it, it's like, oh, this is what it's all about. You know, like this is me living my purpose now. So that's the trans, that's, that's what they get to experience. But I have not ever asked somebody, you know, what, what do you want to experience as you're doing this? So how do you take them, like, give me an example of a question you might ask somebody who's just starting to work with you in order to get them to tap into what they desire. Because I feel like still we're talking about two, there's two pieces of this puzzle that we're trying to bring together in, you know, in this, like, I love this, the an idea of the Mobius strip. Do you know that where the outside twists to become the inside and the inside twists to become the outside? So, but there is still two sides, even though they're interchangeably, you know, integrated, which is what do I desire as the person who is delivering and how does my desire meet and match the need and desire of the person I'm serving? So, so what do you do to bring those things to clarity? Because in my experience, this is a place where a lot of people fall off track and get real stuck is, is they're thinking all about like, like you said before, like, what is it that people want to buy? What am I selling? What is the service people are going to, but they're like, but they're, but they're neglecting. How am I like, what is the seat from which I can most powerfully serve? I find a lot of people are not always clear about that. Mm, yeah. Well, so I work really comprehensively with people like my, my initial container is a year long. So we get to go really, really deep. And so the very first okay. things we do are s start with them. The very first things we do, some of the exercises we do are, uh, they create a vivid vision, which is what do you want your business and your life to look like? And the vivid part is like, we're talking every day. How are you waking up? How are you spending your mornings, your afternoons, your evenings, everything, right? What does your business look like? Stuff like that. So we create their vivid vision. Um, we do a number of, a number of, of I'd say, um, self 
self-discovery exercises. And then a, a key piece that I think a lot of, well, nobody's ever had this in place when they've come to me already. And it's one of those things that just feels a little bit dry. Like people don't, it just sounds like, oh, whatever which is, I call it your core ideology, and I consider it the roots of your business or the foundation, and it's your your vision and your values and your purpose. Mm-hmm. And so we really declare that. So first, there's the vision of what you want your business and your life to look like. For some people that are coming to me like 15, 20, 25 years into business, and they might be in their 50s, say, I actually am like, it's, uh, it's time to envision your exit plan. Like, when do you think you want to exit your business? And what do you think that you want that to look like? So we're laying all that out. Me as a strategist, I call myself a strategist because I actually am very much a systems thinker. And and for me, their vision of what they want their business and life to look like, that's what I'm, that's what I'm helping steer them to do. So when you're talking about people get off track, like I have to say, like, that's part of the genius of my mind that I'm like, this is what you want. So here are some really key pieces of that. None of that comes out, I'll say in program design, but this bigger picture that you're talking about of building what you want, building something that nurtures you and is what you want, right? So absolutely, that's key. Yeah. So anyway, their values, their purpose as a business, and all these self-development activities and their vivid vision. One of the other things we do is is build a framework for their work. And so this is them really showcasing and clarifying and translating is what I would say, translating the complexity of their work into a simple framework that they can teach to others, either teach to staff or teach to prospective clients. I mean, it can be used in so many ways, but that Framework is really a chance for them to, to like pull. I mean, it's funny because I was on a call this morning with a group who we were right. We're in the process of, I call it birthing your framework. It is like a birthing process, you know, like attractions <laughs> yeah. and you're going to be feeling it all. And, um, and somebody who has been in business for 20 plus years said, but I don't have, but I don't have a, I don't see, like they weren't seeing it. They weren't seeing like the, you know, journey and, and, and this is somebody who has had clients for eight, nine, 10, 12 years. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, you're doing something with them. (laughs) And so what I was pointing out was that so many of us work really intuitively And that part of building your business is actually codifying what you do. Yes. So you, you may not realize even the amazingness, you know that the impact can be amazing, but all the things you're doing in your mind, you have not seen yourself and that it's pretty important to, to really step back, look at what am I doing? right? When this client comes in with this thing, what am I actually doing? And to start to codify that into a system. Yeah. And the example I gave was that, you know, I play this game Wordle. Lots of people play that, you know, that game Wordle. Yeah. Really uh-huh. it, right? And, yeah. and, you know, so Wordle comes out and I'm like, I'm really good at this. I'm just, I'm just a great guesser is really how I felt about it for a long time. I was just like, I just get these guesses, you know? And then I was like, there's got to be more to it than guessing. And that's exactly what I'm talking about, that like, I just chalked it up to like, I I guess well. But really, as I stepped back, I went, well, how am I making these guesses? Right? right. Yeah. 
And it's like, okay, what am I doing? Like, what are the actual processes that I'm going through to make those guesses? Mm -hmm. And as soon as I became conscious of them, I was like, oh, I totally have a strategy here. There's totally things that I'm doing. (laughs) But like, I didn't even recognize it myself until I made myself step back and go, how am I, you know, like, I just chalked it up to good guessing. And I think that a lot of practitioners kind of just feel like, well, I just do my thing. And so you do your thing, but you yeah. got to really examine. And so, and really, the longer you've been in business, so many practitioners are integrating multiple modalities, right? There's just so much complexity there, which is amazing and beautiful and is what makes you, you know, these, the way you integrate different things and the different modalities you have training in and your life experiences and your own wounding and traumas and your own compensations, all of that comes together. And that part really is that all influences who you are as a practitioner. And I, I really believe that should all come out and be, and be, like I said, codified in some way. Yeah. I find that this is one of the biggest challenges that we have with folks that we work with is taking their long-term experience, their intuition, as you said, that they know they're making impact, but they don't, they don't know how they're doing it. And it is, this is why we need support. This is why we need another brain that can think differently, that has practiced thinking differently is because it's exactly, as you say, you have to stop, you have to step back and go, okay, there is a system here that I have been using. I just have never thought about it. Right. And it is so tricky. I find, I don't know if you find this too, but I find a lot of people are resistant they're like, no, it's just intuition. I'm because I've, I've, I'm channeling. I'm like, I'm just, I don't know why I say what I say or how I do what I do. It's like, well, it's just simply a different way of thinking about it. And I love what you said about like, as soon as you brought it up to consciousness, you're like, oh yeah, I definitely have a strategy. And what I love about that is that's really how we take our uniqueness, our skills, our, you know, like all of the things that we are. And we actually then can replicate it. And we can, if we have a team, we can teach other people to also deliver that. It drives our marketing messaging. It drives how we deliver, how we create, how we scale. But without that, it becomes, it's very ambiguous. It's very nebulous. And it's so easy for people to get lost in that. And one thing I, I really wanted to come back to was, I think it's one of the reasons why folks stay in the language Anne and I use is just this dollars for hour, like service-based economy treadmill, right? Like, you know, and, and there's just a ceiling to that. There's a limit to that. And, but it's like, I don't know how to do anything else. I don't know how to take what I do and scale it or build it differently or offer it differently. And so I'm just going to keep chugging away, but I really want to make more money or I want to work less and make more money. You know, so I I really love this. This is when we do this work and we've just done this work for ourselves because we tomorrow, actually, um, if you're listening, it's probably way past tomorrow. But um, on June 22nd, we're releasing our new business name and a new website at the end of the month. And part of that process has been going through creating a methodology out of our work. And so I'm really familiar with this process. And it is like giving birth. (laughs) Uh, luckily we, we already do 
a lot of the work that is required in order to to put you know a methodology or a system or a framework into place but i agree it's really critical yeah i mean with yeah. the metaphor of giving birth i just want to note it's like you're not the baby's already grown <laughs> If you're an yeah. if you're an experienced <laughs> practitioner, you already cooked the baby. Like you got your, you know, if you've been doing this work, it's it's yes, it's it's birthing that and and codifying that, and as you say, creating a methodology. You have one, yeah. I can't remember how we mm-hmm. got on that topic, but um, I think we were talking a little bit about kind of bringing how do you how do you kind of evoke there. the the clients. Yeah fulfillment and desire into the process and and see it side by side yeah. with the desire yeah. of the client a, or the person. That's yeah. I mean, it's a really key piece. I, I guess where I think of that part is in the business building, not necessarily like we're doing it from, from the beginning, you know, from the beginning mm-hmm. as we're, like I said, creating their vision, even their ideal clients, which is one of our early steps because we don't design programs until we know who those clients are. Mm-hmm. Even that involves their, learning how to draw lines is what I would say. Do you know what I mean? And draw boundaries and understand Mm -hmm. what has not worked for me in the past. Who have I not? I actually say who have been like your worst clients you've ever had. Let's talk about why let's look at why. And we kind of make these lists of best clients and worst clients. And we start to look, are there patterns? What do we see here? Right. And so that's all super. That's like part of this process is learning what you were talking about that you and Ann talk about, oh, the trading trading time for dollars kind of trap. I call that the yeah. freelancer mindset, you know, just this idea yeah. that I'm just here to like give you what you want. Like, okay, you buy the session. What is it you want? You know, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it kind of blows me away. Like, you know, a massage therapist or body worker is like what, you know, or people have different types of sessions on their website. And it's like, so I'm just supposed to mm-hmm. choose. That's a very freelancer that's a freelancer style, right? Where I'm I, rather than a practitioner who's actually guiding me, right? Whether rather than a practitioner yeah. who's asking me what's going on with you, why are you reaching out, what's happening, digging into what's actually going on, and then recommending for me the right service that's going to make a difference. And in that process, determining is this something? Is am I somebody they want to work with? As right? Do you want to work mm-hmm. with this client? Mm-hmm. If so, then you're inviting them to those next steps and making those recommendations for what's actually going to serve them. Yeah. I mean, I love this because again, it's like, that's the service economy mindset that's transactional, right? It's like, it's just a, it's just a a straight up trade without any richness or depth, which is why I love the language of transformation or journey because it is, it, it, it it just has more, it has more depth. Right. I mean, it really, for, for both. And this is something that's very important to me is, I'm not really a long time ago. I stopped teaching one-on-one. I just, I don't work with anybody who's not equally invested and it's going to meet me. I'm not at all. I don't buy into the, like, I'm here to serve you and give you everything you want. I'm like, if you can't meet me, I don't Yeah, that's part of this process, knowing that, right. Knowing who, who's a yes and who's not. Yeah. And also I think it is really important. I'm, I am very, very driven by what I will not tolerate. So I really resonate with like, I don't want people who are not emotionally intelligent. I don't want people who will not take radical responsibility for their progress. And I I think that most people are not oriented in that way, particularly in the health and wellness field. They tend to be oriented toward how can I serve? How can I give? I'm a healer. I'm a nurturer. Um, 
And so I really appreciate that perspective of what doesn't work and, and getting people to deselect themselves you know, early on from a marketing message perspective, yeah. you know, the messaging. Uh, and then in, in the case of what the work that I do with practitioners, we build, we build a whole sales process with them for them. Um, and so I, I, we always include, uh, some kind of filtering. So there's always some kind of application process or pre-qualification process. And so that's explicit. Mm-hmm. So sure, mar- your marketing messaging can repel. So you want it to repel the wrong people and you want it to attract the right people. But even beyond that, when people do actually come in to your sales pipeline in some way, you want ways to really clearly filter them out. Yeah. Well, I have a, I have a, a, a maybe a final question for you, which is what, what is different? Somebody is looking for a business strategist. They're stuck. They want to expand. They want to grow. They want to do things differently. Why would they choose you as opposed to some other business strategist? I don't know. It depends on who else they're looking at. <laughs> uh, I I do think that it, it really depends on who you're saying, who, who they'd be looking at, because there might be some other people, honestly, who are great. It sounds like the work you guys are doing is great, right? I don't know if you do business strategy or just program design. Like I said, I kind of do the whole thing where I find that people go down the wrong path and where I really wish they had found me earlier is that they go down the path of who I was saying before, the kind of marketing gurus, the people who are teaching marketing. And I I don't want to spend too much energy just talking about like how wrong that goes for people. But I have seen it over and over. A lot of times people end up um, really kind of going down that online course route where they think that they're building this like DIY, like basically they don't realize that they're building a digital product, a product, you know, um, mm-hmm. they're, they're looking for this time freedom and they're building something and it's all trying to build something perfect and beautiful. And what is, what will people buy? And then they don't realize that a product-based business is one or especially a digital product-based business is one where your entire business is spent on the marketing aspect. Of course, some pieces on finances, administration, and so on, but there's no service there. So that's just one Mm -hmm. kind of like wrong step. And then people come to me and then they have all this language that is like so just takes them away from this idea of true transformation and takes them away from the, yes. the their own visions for how they want to help and the impact they want to have in the world. So I don't know if that's answering your question. I would just say like, I, you know, the work I do is comprehensive and holistic, you know, as opposed to, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the marketers. I mean, we learn marketing in my programs for sure. But yeah. it, I think a big mistake that totally understandable, but a big mistake that practitioners who have, you know, you're busy with clients all the time and not doing much on the business side. And so when you think of, well, what do I want to do or how am I going to shift my business or grow my business or scale my business? It seems to be that people think, oh, marketing, I'm supposed to do marketing. Whereas there's there's actually all this other stuff in business besides marketing. Marketing is just one department in your business. And the stuff that I've been talking about in this in this conversation, none of that was marketing. That was all pricing, packaging, sales process, right? And 
And then there's other departments too, financial management, administration, operations, and marketing is just one piece of all that. And marketing is absolutely a piece of your business, but it is not the the thing often to be focusing on, even though that we seem to think it is, you know, the fact mm-hmm. is, is like you can do more marketing, but if your pricing is not right, if your packaging's not right, if your schedule is not right, if you have no sales process, I mean, that's a really common mistake is focusing on marketing. Marketing brings you leads, not clients, right? You need some way to mm-hmm. turn them into clients. <laughs> so you can like do all kinds of marketing and get all kinds of attention and leads. But if you don't know how to turn those people into clients, what the heck's the point? That's a lot of, you know, energy and maybe even money wasted there. There's so many pieces before, you know, the marketing focus. So I, I, I don't actually want to even say like, choose me. I just want to say, choose, you know, I so believe in the importance of support for people who, who don't necessarily feel like they know what they're doing for business and know that, mm-hmm. yes, this outside guidance. I mean, I think everybody needs outside guidance. I sure get it continually for whatever level you're at. Yes. It's always like new, new, new level, new devil, you know? Um, so I really encourage getting support, uh, for sure. And just want to say, like, look for, look for somebody who's not selling you a one size fits all. That's what I would say. You know, look for somebody who really does work with you to help you develop, as you said, uh, you know, what's, what's going to be right for you. Yeah. A a lot of what keeps coming up for me as you're speaking is just this idea or this word integration, you know, that it's not like, there are not all of these boxes that we need to fit ourselves in, but we want to integrate and, and be able to offer that in a way that feels in alignment. I don't know why that word was coming up for me. Integration or alignment. I think they're integration. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like there's a, I think a lot of times in the realm of business strategy, there's like, this is the, this is the hard skills. And then whatever you do is soft skills and the Mm. two don't meet, Mm. you know, and I, I am personally not a proponent or fan of that particular approach. And I think this is also what we see a lot with folks who come to us is that they've done so much marketing or business coaching, and they're so far away from what really they want to be doing. Yeah. There was something that you No, I was just going to say completely. I've seen the same I've seen the same thing. Yeah. And this idea of like a digital product, people come to us because at the heart of our business is educational design. We do business strategy as well from that perspective, but they're like I want to do a subscription model. I want to just create self-study do-it-yourself courses and we're like goodness heavens. <laughs> that that is not <laughs> I don't think that's actually what you want to do. Yes. You've been fed you've been fed a line about passive income and you exactly think that right. you can just digitize your knowledge and that's gonna fill all the gaps, but really it's so much fucking work. Oh gosh, we're yes. It, it, yeah. and, You're saying yeah, exactly what I was trying to say before. We're uh, saying the same thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so yeah, so I just I think it's really I think it's really powerful. And to me it is about how do you clarify what you're after and what you desire and how do you bring that forth into a business that works for you, you know, and nurtures you, not that you're just hustling, you know, and busting ass all the time. So if somebody was like, I'm so curious about this, I'm, I, I, I want to, I want something new. I want something richer. I want to change the way I'm doing things. 
what would you leave them with like a question to sit with or start to percolate on that might get them a little closer to a shift? There's so many directions I could go with that. I'm going to say something that is just is not going to sound that cool. And yet, if if you're listening, do it. If you do it, I think it's I think it's actually powerful, which is what truly is your ideal schedule? It sounds so basic. But like what truly, how much do you want to be working and what hours and what's the, what's the rest of your life? Like, what do you mm-hmm. want, you know, Monday through Sunday, what do you want your life to look like? If there's kids at home, you want to be picking them up from school. And this is, might be just your phase yeah. of life right now, because sure. that can shift, sure. right? The different ages, kids and so on. And, and I guess it's just, I just want to leave, I would want to leave with inspiration. Like if you truly Sit down and think about that. What am I waking up doing? When am I going to work? How much do I want to work? Some people really do want to work mm-hmm. more than others. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about, and I, I will say this because we do this because we actually design their businesses around that real ideal schedule in, in, in my program. It's not, um, this is not like a just for fun thing. Like we are actually doing this. And never does somebody say, I want to work two days a week and make. $15,000 a year. Like nobody ever says that. Like practitioners, I mean, I think that we have the same audience here. These are people who want to, you all listening, I assume really do want to mm-hmm. be having an impact. So this is not about saying like never work. Like truly, what do you really want to be doing? And then when you have that there, the question is, oh, how do I make that work mm-hmm. financially? That's that's what I would say. That there's there's a there's information mm-hmm. for you. When you look at that ideal schedule and then ask yourself, how do I make this work for me if I work these hours financially? And I guess I should just say in there that I want to make sure that let's say you ended up with a 25-hour work week. I just want to point out that's not 25 hours of seeing clients. That can't be. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We need like like 50% of that time put aside to run, lead your business. So let's just say whatever your work schedule you came up with was cut that in half and that those are your client facing hours, you know, and then go on with the question like, hmm, how could I do that? And it sounds like you and I are both resources to help to help them see how they could potentially do that. Well, I love this. We always encourage people to work backward. And I think it's really the only way to discover how you're going to do the thing that you say you want to do. So I love this question. I don't. It does sound a little bit boring on the surface, but man, when you drill into it, it's, it is maybe the most meaningful question. If you're trying to design your life, you know, and your business to support your life, I think it's the most important question. And speaking of resources, we do have a really cool resource that you have shared with us that we are going to make sure gets in the show notes. Do you want to um, Joanna, before we close, uh, share with folks the link to that. This is a masterclass from me that basically it teaches and outlines all of the systems that a wellness practitioner can put in place in their business to be more profitable and sustainable. All the things we've talk, talked about and more and how they all look together in your business. Basically, what 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 does it mean to have a business with these systems? You can find that at joannasapir.com slash embodied. Nice. And it's J-O-A-N-N-A-S-A-P-I-R. 
Yeah. And we'll include that in the yeah. show notes and um, we'll share that link too. When we, when we get the episode out, Joanna, this has been a lot of fun. It was really nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode 25 of Embodied Business Inspired Brain. You are listening to Chantel Lopez, co-founders of this podcast. Now you're listening to Ann Bishop. And of course, we had our lovely guest, Joanna Sapir on. You were having such a fascinating conversation about what you can create and how you can support your students and clients through transformation with embodied businesses. That is absolutely one of the things that we are going to be diving deep into during our Napa retreat this September 7th through 9th, 2023. What we're going to be supporting you all with is with really stepping into the knowledge economy. You might have a service-based business, but that might really keep you back in this dollars per hour struggle. And so for many of us who are so skilled and have so much knowledge, we need to really up-level our business, ourselves, and our clients and step into the knowledge economy. Over the three days, you're going to have a lovely dinner with us, not once but twice. We are also going to be working in downtown Napa in a beautiful space where we are able to think and work deeply. We're going to be focusing on business strategy and we're going to be focusing on marketing strategy. We're also going to be looking at embodiment business building. So we're going to begin the retreat with this really fun nervous system business map where we're going to take an example of looking at your nervous system and then we're going to design a nervous system business map for your business in the time of your business that it's happening right now. With that nervous system map, you're going to be able to determine where your business feels safe and there's opportunities to grow and where your business may feel unsafe and where there's opportunities for you to to close things in your business or to transform some things in your business. We are also going to be focusing on what are the next steps for you personally so that you can continue to expand your business within the online space and or the hybrid space. As many of us know, having a hybrid model to your business, which is mainly online and partially in person is so phenomenal. It allows for a lot of freedom for you as the practitioner, but also freedom for your clients and your patients or your students. All right, we will be dropping a link for all of the information for the Napa retreat. The last day to sign up is going to be September 1st. And so we look forward to uh, hearing from you. All right, thanks. Thanks.